0: Hi there, I'm Maddie and I serve on the Joy Production team. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Through taking the time to listen to this message, we pray you'll not only come to know more about God, but you'll come to know more about yourself as well. Once again, thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy today's message. Here's the church, here's the steeple. Look inside and here's the people. Praise God. I want to say thank you, Joy Christian Center, for adjusting your schedule over the last couple of weeks and these next couple of weeks to uh, accommodate our weirdness at times. Uh, Our heart really is to try to get everybody to come together in the fall and and just have some great services, and and I don't know about anybody else, but I really liked last week. It was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of work. Uh, Amen. Let's give Jesus or whoever. I don't know who you're clapping for, but let's... If we're going to clap, let's just clap, <laughs> praise God. Um, Pastor John, Michelle, a big events team, did a great job in, in doing so much to, of the, of the legwork and the groundwork to make sure that everything else came off without too, many, too much of a hitch. We do need to get somebody else in charge of the weather. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, I kind of want to do it again next year. I don't know about anybody else. Um, yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, we're not going to do it again. No. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. No, it was a lot of fun. And, and my heart really is, in that whole thing, really was to, to do well, do something different, get the church outside the church. I love the little sign that was on the, uh, on the doors, the church is gone today. It went to the world or something like that. And uh, I just thought that was awesome. Because for whatever reason, you know, the church is about church people. And, and, but we hopefully you and I understand that the church is more than a building that we assemble at. The church is people. The church is you. It's me. It's we, and uh, you represented yourself well. I believe it was a witness, um, and I want to talk a little bit about some of those things that 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 maybe. We don't fully grasp at times, or or understand at times. And you know, our, our theme scripture here in this church, and what the what we began with, I, I don't know that I could say there's one theme scripture because I've got about three or four. But the scripture that we began with, uh, our, our church was in Acts chapter eight, verses five and eight, and it talks about Philip. He went to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ. Christ, and there was great joy in the city. He preached Christ and there's great joy in the city and and we or I have this belief, I think that a lot of you have this belief that that God has called us collectively as a church into central Minnesota to make a difference in this world that we have been planted in. As I like to say, the church or or the world starts right here in central Minnesota, we care about other parts of the world, but our greatest care is this part of the world because that's where God has planted us, and he wants us to make a difference right here in this part of, of our nation. And so, uh, you know, for me, last week was, was really kind of cool. It was, a, it was a wonderful time, and, and um, I don't know exactly everything that happened, but I do know that we did something different. I know that we made a difference, uh, uh, and I, I don't even, forgive me for being a little bit, disjointed perhaps in some of my thinking this morning because I'm trying to convey a lot of things that have gone on over the last year really, and, and, and I could even say the last 28 years that make us who we are. And we're not who we are because of one thing or one person. We are who we are because of everything that has happened. And, and there's big things that go on. There's small things that go on. And, and, and I don't want us to lose sight of some of those things. And so I, I believe this, that, that we as a church, we represented ourselves really, really well you know, the Bible tells us in the book of Mark, chapter 16, you know, you've heard the phrase connecting the dots, right? How I many of you have ever heard that, you know, when you connect the dots? Well, you, it's very difficult to connect dots when the dots are in front of you. But after you've come through something and you have gone through it, and then you turn around and you look, and, and you might say, that's why that happened. Or, 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 that's what God was up to because suddenly things begin to make sense. And we read the scripture in Mark chapter uh, 16 and verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to everybody. Everybody's valuable. Everybody's worth preaching the gospel to every single human being. There is no difference. Amen. Amen. That's what we were trying to convey last week. <laughs> whose side are you on? And I still love the scripture. Joshua saw the, the angel of the Lord. He said, are you for us or are you against us? And the angel of the Lord, a pre-incarnate Christ said, no. <laughs> are you on my side? Are you on their side? No. Because the issue isn't whose, God, whose side is God on? The issue is, are you on God's side? And so again, he says to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And for 28 years, that's what we've been endeavoring to do here as a church. We want to help people know God, not about him, but intimately know God, have a relationship with him that is alive and vital and makes a difference in your life, that we would know God. and then. Find freedom and, and, and find out the reason that we are on this planet discover our purpose also that we can make a difference, a family church, teaching people to reach their world. He goes on and he says, "These signs will follow those who believe. And he, he talks about some miraculous and powerful things. And I, I didn't add those because I think that sometimes we get our eyes on the wrong thing. He said, these signs will follow, these signs will follow, these signs will follow those who believe. Amen. And it's the reason I say that sometimes you can't connect dots until you're past a moment or a season or a time. And after you look back, then you say, oh, that's, that was God moving. That was some things that happened. I didn't even realize, God, that you were up to the things that you were up to and yet God was working, even though we didn't fully understand that God was was working. And and for the last couple of months, just I have been reflecting. There's been, a, I said a couple of weeks ago, this has been one of the most emotionally draining and challenging times spiritually that I probably had in 28 years of, of this church. Just so many different things that, that that go on. And when I think of the people of this congregation and the life of this congregation, not just in the last month or the last week or the last year, but over 28 years, I think of and Caroline uh, back there doing the the jail ministry, and others in this church that have have come alongside and and. and Tried to help them, but so faithfully ministering the word of God uh, at, at, at the jail and, and being such an influence in the life of people. I think of Pastor Tim and Teresa and all of the things that they have done in children's ministry, getting children's ministry outside of the four walls of this church. At times, uh, you know, Fall Fun Fest, and then you know, doing their VBA. Pastor Tim actually this year uh, had it, or this last year had an opportunity. He's 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 helping as a chaplain and going into businesses, being able to talk to people about. Jesus and different, you know, different things that are going on in their life. And, and uh, you know, even Fall Fun Fest that we as a church have done, which was a, it really started out as, as an alternative to Halloween. I always feel like the church is really good at taking things away, saying, no, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't and i always as a youth pastor even thought why can't the church create the biggest party in town let's give let's give an alternative rather than just saying no we're going to we're going to shut the doors shut the windows and we're not going to participate in any of those things and so you know fall fun fest created one of the biggest parties in town thought that was awesome and i challenged the team uh, a, a year ago what's next Because because fall fun fest, there's a whole lot of places now that are doing alternatives to just going out and trick or treating and all of those things. And I really believe, as you saw the video, I believe that Joy by George is one of those what one of those what's next things that we as a church as a church did. And I I, I'm you know Joy to the world. It's amazing to me. It's still amazing to me what forty nine ninety five can do. It's the power of everybody can do more than somebody can. And so often we're waiting around for somebody to do something where if we just come together and all of us do a little bit, it becomes something powerful. It becomes something great. It becomes something that is that is too big to contain. And, and, and to watch over the last couple of years that transition as we have, have been a blessing to other churches, communities, doing things bigger than, than, than we ourselves or in ourselves can do. And yet when everybody comes together, and I think of you know cleaning up Hawes Park, that was a, that was a pain. That was a lot of work. But it made a difference. People in that neighborhood, Neighborhood were aware that something went on. Going out to du Elm and, and, and building a ballpark, rehabbing another ballpark. Really, there's one and a half ballparks, and, and 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 when we left, there were three really nice ballparks there for kids to be able to play ball, over hundred kids on Monday nights. That's that's what we did. And I think that's pretty powerful. I think that's pretty pretty awesome. I think it's pretty wonderful, really, what, what we've done. And, and Pastor Tommy's picked that up with the Sycamore. Uh, uh, program, the Sycamore ministry, where, where, where he is blessing through their youth ministry, blessing other youth groups, being making a difference outside of the four walls of our church. So we created over this last year a legacy team. And, and a legacy team, you know, the idea of legacy, I think that sometimes people miss the point of what a legacy is. We think that, the, that legacy, and really this, you may not have heard a lot about it, but the legacy team is a group of people that, that have the gift of giving. Doesn't mean they have a lot of money. It means they have a heart to give. And there's a big difference. And the legacy team, I think people think of legacy as that's something you do after you die. No. <laughs> This is those who have the gift of giving. Romans chapter 12 talks about different gifts. People have, you know, there's gift, people have a serving gift, a preaching gift, a teaching gift. They they have different gifts. Well, in that scripture, in in that passage in Romans chapter 12, he talks about those that have the gift of giving, of generosity. It isn't that you have to convince somebody to give or guilt somebody to give. They're looking for opportunities. And so just like we want to make a difference, worship team wants to make a difference with their gift, or tech team wants to make a difference with their gift. There are people who want to make a difference with their gift of giving. We had a family uh, uh, this last year that gave $40,000 for us to be able to buy two vans, and, and, and that's awesome. That, that was awesome. That was unexpected, but we're going to take those vans now. We've got a group of people that are willing to go to uh, St. Cloud State. We're, we're going to do what we can to try to get some of those St. Cloud State students to come to church here. We're going to give them an opportunity to, to be able We ask you to pray, believe God with us, because we want to make a difference in our world, Amen. We want to make a difference in our world, and, and all of those, you might think, well, you know, Pastor Brian, it doesn't sound like you guys need any money at all. I mean, you got, you know, you're building ballparks, you're buying vans, you're doing all kinds of stuff. What does my little bit have to do with anything? Can I tell you that this year has been one of the most difficult years financially? We lost Sundays in, in, in you know, o- o- over the, the winter, you know, and and, you know. Last Sunday, we didn't even do an offering because of a lot of reasons why we didn't do an offering. And so, so, so yeah, it's been a, this has been one of the most fit, financially challenging years. And you know why? You want to know why? It's because we're doing something. And there's always an opportunity to believe God. There's always a reason that you can't do something. I'm gonna say that again. There's always a reason that you can't do something. There's always an excuse or a reason or something pops up that is like, well, you know, I would like to, but I can't. And a lot of times it's because of fear. And so this has been a bit of a, of a, of a, <laughs> a barrier breaking year, I believe, for this church. Actually, another barrier, something that has never happened in the life of this church. Go ahead and put that next picture up. <laughs> The Joy softball team took first place in the church league tournament for 2019. Yes, church, we are actually number one. Wow. Give those guys... A... <laughs> yeah, it only took 27 seasons to do it, but, but we got her done, praise God. Hallelujah. We, we uh, you know, keep swinging, right? <laughs> keep swinging. And so, and so really for me, there have been a lot of things that have happened that, that seem ra- random almost. They, they seem like you know just, just different things, but when we back up just a little bit and we take a, a step back and begin to look maybe at the bigger picture, we begin to connect some dots and we begin to see some things. It's like, wow, God, you were really doing something. Now, I told you all of those little things for a reason, uh, more than one reason, but, but here's a kind of a thought that I want you to, to grab onto. I would love to tell you That all the things that we just described to you, and many things we didn't, but all the things that we just described to you, that we sat in meetings and we prayed and and, and God revealed to us. and We just thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Wouldn't it be awesome if we did that? Can I tell you that in the last 12 months, the really only thing that we talked about of all the things that I just described to you was the transition that we, that, that we just have, are, are living through right now with, with uh, Pastor Steph going over and taking over children's ministry and, and family ministry and Pastor Dom and LaShonda coming over here and, and now, or I should say coming over here, they, 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 they came here, they are here, and, and taking over our creative arts ministry. Uh, that transition really was about the only thing that we talked about. The rest were just opportunities that presented themselves. You want to know what we were talking about 12 months ago? Does anybody remember what we were... Let me, let me just remind you, let me refresh you of what we were talking about 12 months ago. But in Ephesians 3.20, he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, no matter how big you can think, there's more. No matter how impossible... No matter how big that you can dream, that you can imagine, that you can expect, that you can think, God says, there's more. And not just a little bit more. There's exceedingly and abundantly more. If it's every person in your family saying, Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord, the ones you've been praying about, there's still more. If it's every person in central Minnesota, there's still more. If it's this church making a difference, not just in central Minnesota, maybe not just in the state, but in the United States, in in, in this world, there is still more. This God who formed mud in the ground and breathed his life into humanity and and created this incredibly complex human stuff that we are. This God who created a tremendously powerful nation out of a couple that could not conceive a child. This God who uses the weak and the the, the foolish things to confound the mighty and the weak. This God who who created a small little baby, the most vulnerable of creation that there could ever be, and caused him to become the savior of this world by defeating the devil, kicking him in the backside and destroying death with himself. This God who did all of those things avails himself to you and he says, there is still more. That's what we were talking about. That there's more that God can do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. I had a friend ask me a couple of months ago, Pastor Brian, how are you doing? We are having breakfast. He goes, How are you doing? And I, I, you know, it was just some small talk. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, you know. No, really, how are you doing? And, and, and the only word I could really say is overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. But I didn't mean I was overwhelmed, like, Oh, it's so hard. I'm overwhelmed, oh, it's just so busy, oh, I'm overwhelmed, I can't, I was overwhelmed and I am overwhelmed at the goodness of God, of the grace of God, of the wisdom of God, of the providence of God, I'm overwhelmed of what God is doing and and, and how God does what he do, (laughs) praise God. You might, after that litany of things we talked about, you say, well, Pastor Brian, actually what really happened? How many people got saved, or, 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 or what tangible results, and I, I, I could probably list a few things, but I believe there are more things that happened in the realm of the Spirit. I think there are more things that happened in us, and I just believe in the seed, it's an apple seed. You can't see it, but it's here in my fingers, <laughs> I don't know how many apple seeds I've now dropped over here on the floor, but anyway, I'm glad there's not two services because I only brought one seed. (laughs) It's here somewhere. I believe that we have to be able to see the harvest in the seed. And I don't know everything that God is going to do, but I do know that there's still more. A year ago, we were just, Shelly and I were just coming back from a two month sabbatical. And part of the reason, part of the thing that I really was praying and asking God for was God, I, I want an unobstructed view. I don't want to, I, I don't want us to, to, to look in a way that, that there's limitations. And a scripture that, that has always been real to me that I think is powerful Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15. This is from the message. And the first part of it says, A message from the high and towering God who lives in eternity. God lives in eternity, and his name is holy. Eternity is that thing that is defined as not having a beginning and not having an end. It is always a constant now. There is no beginning, there is no end, there is no limitation, there is no, no obstruction. It's always a glorious now with God. And he said that's where God lives. God lives in a place, and there's a, there's a, there's a version th- that says that God is the God who is not limited. He is the God of endless horizons. That there's always a newness and a freshness with God. There's always something more. There's always something Bigger, And he says, I live, God lives in the high and holy place. And we might think, yeah, I can understand that God is out there, that he's, he's big and he's out there somewhere. But my desire was to have an unobstructed view. My desire was to be able to see farther than I've ever seen before. And and, and looking at this scripture, God does not have the limitations that you and I have. And I know that that's an obvious statement. But God is not limited to our preconceived ideas. God is not limited to the reasons and the excuses that you and I make for why God can't do something in our life. God is not limited to our limited, our stinking thinking, our small thinking. God's not limited to your current situations and circumstances. God is the God of endless horizons. God is the God who brings newness out of of oldness and staleness. He is the God who brings life out of death. He brings glory from things that are not glorious. That's who our God is. And he says, I live in the, the high And the holy place, and sometimes because God is so big, and because God is because God is just indescribable, we don't have words. God is bigger than your vocabulary, He's bigger than my vocabulary. Ephesians talks about the depth, the length, the breadth, and the height, and and that we should know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, to know something that is beyond and bigger for you to know, which is why you need help. And I need help. And it's why God sent the Holy Spirit to enlighten, to show us things to come. And, and, and I don't know, it was a couple of months ago thinking about this, and I, I, it was the weirdest thing. I woke up. I'm not a visionary in that sense. I don't have visions and dreams and things like that, but, but it's just a strong impression. And I was thinking about this last year and this, that season, just feeling so overwhelmed at the goodness of God and so many things coming together, things bigger than us and, and, and all of those things. And, and for whatever, and I am not, I don't even know what the name of this is, to be totally honest with you. I'm going to show you backwards first. What is this called? Embroidery, Embroidery. okay. I would have said needle point. I would have said actually a needle pulling thread. But anyway, because uh, it's a song. But I, I'm not whatever this is. I do not think like this even a little bit. I was as a kid. My mom would knit, and she would crochet, and I remember the knit one, pearl two. I tried to knit one, pearl two, and I said, I'm through with you because this ain't working for me. I just <laughs> Give me a ball and a bat, you know, sort of a thing. But I woke up, and, and, and I, for whatever reason, I was thinking about thread, and I was thinking about stitches. And I, and, and I, I kind of likened it to every Sunday is a stitch. That's the smallest view. Every Sunday is a stitch, and you put several stitches together, and and, and it, it it strengthens, it attaches, it, it it causes maybe two pieces of fabric to come together, or a couple of fa- pieces of fabric to come together. You add more stitches, and, and and it becomes stronger. And that's how the Sundays are. Sunday is like one stitch, and and yet there's thread, and and that would be like a series or a couple of series. And I was thinking of last fall. We went from there is more to one small step because we think there's more is this big, grand, glorious thing and yet God leads us in steps one step at a time which is why we say vision is like the headlights on a car God doesn't show you the end that's why we have to walk by faith and not by sight. He only shows you enough so you can take the next step, and when you take that next step, then there's a little bit more light, and you can take another step, but many people, because they can't see beyond their questions and they can't be see beyond their excuses, they never take a step, and it's tempting sometimes to not take a step because the step seems impossible, and I would like to remind you that faith is not designed to make your life easier. Faith is not designed to come in after the enemy has thrown something at you and you've crashed and burned. Faith is designed to take the impossible moments of life and make the impossible things possible. God is a God that's bigger than you and I are. So every stitch is a Sunday, and God weaves the services and the weeks together. And these series become something that, that adds but it's only when you begin to. But it's only when you begin to pull back beyond the stitch and beyond the thread and begin to look perhaps at, at, at the bigger picture. And, and as we were talking about that, Steph said to me, Pastor Steph said to me, she said, you know, all of the things that you were preaching from there is more to beginning of January, we, we were doing the series that we called Momentum. All of those things, perhaps, we're living in the more. Maybe what we're experiencing right now is what we talked about before, that that there is more. We're living in that right now. And I don't know about what that does for you, but when she said that, I was like, you know what? That'll preach. (laughs) Because... I think that sometimes we fail to see the more and how that more develops, how that more becomes something powerful in our life. And and, and, um, I believe this as a church individually, collectively, as a church, a member of the church, not Joy Christian Center, but the capital C church, the big C church, I believe there's more. I believe that we we, we have not even scratched the surface of what God can and And does want to do. And I want to remind you, Ephesians 3.20, the first part of that verse says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, let me ask you a question that I love to ask church people. What if this was true? What? Yeah, I already heard it. Well, it is true. Is it? I mean, is this really true? If God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think, what's the problem? Because we quit thinking. Or we've got infected by stinking thinking. I can't. It's too hard. It's bigger than I am. I'm afraid. We're going to talk about this over the next couple of weeks. God is able to do. God. The problem is not with God. Well, you never can tell what God will do. It might not be his will. Well, he's not willing any perish. Hello. He didn't send Jesus to die on Calvary's cross so you could stay the same. Amen. There's not anything that's too hard for God. Whatever you think is too hard for God is the reason that God can't do something. We become the limitation. You and I become the limitation to what God can do in our lives individually and in our lives collectively. Again, faith is not designed for you to get what you want. Faith is designed to make the impossible possible. That's why we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. And so this God that breathed life into death, who created, who who, who created weak things to confound the mighty things, he created things that were were ignorant and stupid and foolish to create and, and to confound people that were wise. That's you and me. God's bigger than our dreams, he's bigger than our thoughts, he's bigger than our asks. The next part of Isaiah 57, 15 says, again, a message from the high and towering God who lives in eternity, whose name is holy. And God, yeah, he's he's out there in eternity. He lives up there. But notice who else he lives with. He lives with the low-spirited and the spirit crushed. Woo! Excuse me for getting excited in God's house. I said, God is the one who not only lives in eternity, who lives in, in that place of endless horizons. God is also the one who lives with those that are low-spirited. Look at the person next to you say, he's talking about you. Also with the low-spirited and the spirit crushed. Whoo! I don't know what life has dealt you. I don't know what people have told you. I don't know what those who have influence in your life have said about you. But I want you to know what God says about you. And if your spirit has been crushed and it seems like you've been rejected, if it seems like you're empty, if it seems like you are not good enough, this God who's not limited to anything at all lives with you right now. And he says, if you will just open up your heart, if you will just believe, if you will just let me move in you, There's nothing, there's nothing he can do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I love, (laughs) you know what the devil likes to do? I do think, yeah, he likes to steal, kill, and destroy. I think in pictures, and I ask God every Sunday when I preach, and during the week when I preach, I say, "Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is the revealer. Give me pictures, Help me see." But you know who else captures that idea is the devil. The devil likes to paint pictures for you. The devil likes to create images. He likes to show you the worst version of yourself. He wants to show you who everybody else thinks that you, or at least create in you the idea of who everyone else thinks that you really are, that you're really this or you're really that. Man, I want God to paint a picture of who you really are, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ, that you're more than a conqueror, that you can do all things because he gives you, that's who you are. And I love this next part a message from the high and towering God who lives in eternity whose name is holy but also with the low spirited and the spirit crushed what i do here's what god does what i do is i put a new spirit in them the word spirit ruach in the in the hebrew it means breath a blast god whoosh. so what i do is i put a new spirit in them and i get them up on their feet again god This God who not just dwells in eternity but dwells with the Spirit Christ says, I'm going to get you on your feet and I'm going to give you a blast of air. I'm going to put something in you that will give direction to your life, that will change your tomorrows, that will make a difference in all of the things that you do. This God who is willing to do and able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think says, I want to get you on your feet again. And rather than telling you that there is more, I just I just there's more. <laughs> there's more. You say, well, Pastor Bryant, I'm kind of willing. I mean, I can think a lot. Anybody can anybody think a lot? Can anybody dream a lot? And if God can do more than I can think or ask or dream or hope, if he can, what's the problem? Go, go ahead, God, do more. <laughs> Amen. Anyone? Anyone at all? What's the problem? Let I may mean, remember this. For every promise, there's a process. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd like to be 20 pounds lighter. I'm, I'm tired of being in the round shape. So what's the problem? Well, with every promise, there's a process. I want the biceps, but I like the barbecue. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> My washboard abs became a kegger, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> Not because I drink beer, by the way, just so this, just, uh, I like bar, I like food, praise God. There's a process, and we want the promise, but we don't like the process. We don't want to take steps to do what we know we should do. We want to be here, but here's the thing. God, He wants you here too. God wants to bless you, and He's willing to bless you as far as you will let Him bless you. But sometimes we get ourselves out of position, sometimes we're unwilling to take a step that's necessary. Sometimes we're unwilling to do those things that we know that we should do. Here's what I do know about God. God never wants you or me to always stay or to be in the same place. God doesn't want you in the same place. If you're in the same place today that you were a year ago, then you've missed something that God has for you. There's always more with God. And we're never to be a settler when it comes to God. We're always to be a pilgrim. We're always to be in motion. We're always to be moving And I think that sometimes we miss, we don't understand the value of a small step. We think it's too small, it's too insignificant. We want to see the end or we want to be at the end. Listen to Psalms chapter 37 the steps of the God pursuing ones. Anybody God pursuing? All right, a little less than half. Might be part of the problem right there. The steps of the God pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. That shows me a picture. Here's God. He's walking. And just like a child in the snow, which will happen in a few weeks, stepping in. It's amazing. Some of you more engaged at that moment than the whole message right there. Wow. (laughs) But maybe you remember this, or maybe you saw your children do this. You walk in the snow, and then somebody else with smaller feet follows along, stepping in that snow. And that's what the father is doing, he's walking. And he wants us to to follow him. And that's what he says. The steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. This is God going first. This is God making the way where there doesn't seem to be a way or making a way in the wilderness. This is what our God does. And sometimes it may not look like we can go. It may not look like we can move forward. It may not look like we can do those things. But that's what walking by faith is. It's following him. Step after step in the step. And again, he says, the steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. And God delights in every step they take to follow him. We think God delights in the, in the big things, the miraculous things, the powerful things. God says, I delight in the step. If you just take one step, I'm going to get happy. <laughs> Woo! I think we should be making God happy. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> but here's the thing. If God delights in those steps, how can we don't? Why don't we delight it when we take us? You know, some of you, you took a step today just to come to church. Because your flesh was saying, nah, let's just sleep in. Or your flesh was saying, nah, I don't want to do it today. It's an inconvenient time. You took steps. You took steps to be here. To, and, and this is not a lecture on come to church. That's, that's not what my point is. My point is some of you took a step. Amen. For others of you, it'll be a, take, it, it, a step might be signing up for a small group. Get involved in a circle. Because you feel empty and you feel lonely. Take one step. Yeah, but I don't know anybody. That's your problem. You won't know anybody a year from now either if you don't take a step. And God says, I'm going to delight in that one step that you take to follow me. Delight in the steps. You know, Dave Schleif, I don't know. Dave, are you in here or is he back with the kids today? Dave said something uh, at men's breakfast. And uh, uh, he, he started out this year. He he praise and ask God for a word, and, and he had the word more, and as he was talking about that and different things, for him, he realized, and, and, I, and I've st- I want to say I stole this, but I don't know that I stole it from him, I don't think it's copyrighted or anything like that, but he said he realized something, he said the word more, M-O-R-E, if you just change one letter, just change one thing, take the R and make it a V becomes move and perhaps if you just change one thing in your life the more that you seek for will become yours because you've been willing to make a move if you want more there's a really really good chance you're going to have to make a move now I don't know what that move is going to look like for you and can I thank you Jesus can I tell you this morning that the most powerfully spiritual thing that you can ever approach God with is, I don't know how. The farmer planting the seed said it grew up, I don't know how. Mary, when the angel came and said, Hail, you're highly favored. You're going to give birth to the Son of God. What did she ask? How? That is one of the most honest things that you can ever approach God with. I don't know how. When God, when Jesus asked the disciples to go and feed 5,000, go feed 5,000 people. It is too big for them. And they asked this question, how? How? That is the beginning point of spiritual growth in your life. If you're just willing to ask God the question, God, how? How? I want to be more generous, but how? God, I want to, I want to use my time for you, but how? I, I'm so busy, I'm so stressed, I'm so this, I'm so that, or I don't have enough of this. All of the reasons, God's bigger. James 4.8 says, if you take one step towards God, come close to God, what does God say he'll do? And I believe this, God always takes the first step, and that was Calvary's cross. God did everything that he needed to do so that you and I could draw near to him. We have the opportunity and the invitation for unobstructed relationship with him. Every barrier is gone. Some of you don't think you're good enough. You're not. That's why the Bible says all of sin to come short of the glory of God. But the gift of God, the grace of God, it's eternal life. It, it has opened up the door for you to have relationship with him. And those, that thinking stops you from receiving from God. It stops you from receiving healing in your body. It stops you from the financial blessing that God wants to bring into your life. It stops you from creativity that God wants to bring to you. It stops you from energy that God wants to bring into your life so that you can accomplish what it is that God wants you to accomplish. My job as a pastor is to press you. And when you don't believe in yourself, but I hope something I say to you will cause you to believe in God. Because I know there are people that walk into this church every day who've given up on God, but can I tell you today that God will never, ever, ever give up on you. His grace and His mercy is sufficient for you. And so this God... Gives you the invitation. If you just draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He took the first step. And like checkers, you take the step. And then God takes a step. And then you take a step. And he takes a step. God is so good. So church, I want to I thank you for this last year. The glory goes to God. But it's a willingness of this congregation to take steps together. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's still more, that we've only scratched the surface. And there's not a reason at all that God can't do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, amen? I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. And I don't know what that step looks like for you, I don't know what action you have to take, but I'm asking God this morning, Heavenly Father, I ask you to help this congregation of men and women, those who want more of you, that Father, that one small step that would be so pleasing to you, that would create a move in their life so that you could give them the more that you so desire for them to have that father together collectively as each one of us begins to make changes to accommodate the more that collectively together this congregation this church this body of believers becomes so much more influential in central minnesota that father we would truly bring great joy to this city because jesus is not just preached in a building but it is lived out in the lives of men and women who are his church in central minnesota So Father, we're asking you for more. We're not begging you. We aren't ashamed in our asking we're not asking you with timidity or with fear we are asking you with boldness because we know that this is your desire for us that you want to pour out of your spirit on all of us your blessings all of your goodness all of your grace so that we can take that more and when we understand what the more is for that the more is for ministry that the more is for blessing that the more is for accomplishing your plan and purpose in central minnesota thank you for that Father with your heads bowed and eyes closed if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you would like to today you want to be born again accept that invitation of grace and mercy in life if that's you today would you hold your hand up real high I want to pray with you this morning anyone at all Pastor I, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life yes thank you anyone else this morning just hold your hand up real high just for a moment would you all pray this prayer with me Heavenly Father I come to you today in Jesus name I want more I'm not satisfied with where I am I thank you for the Holy Spirit I thank you that he's showing me more steps that I can take so I commit my way to you I believe today Jesus died for me that he's alive today. I surrender my life to him. I thank you that my sin is forgiven. My eternity is secure because Jesus is my Lord. And Father, I thank you for these that have prayed this prayer and I thank you that you are the God of life, that you're the God of right now and that right now you're enlightening and right now you're moving and I thank you for that. But Father, after this moment of emotion passes, that it will be faith that will continue to, to, to keep them. So we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Everybody said.